Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Georgie All Along by Kate Claiborne. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with our Goodreads link that is desperately in need of updating um, because it's been a thousand years. Hi, Kat. How are you? oh my gosh well i'm better now that we figured out our tech listen remember when i texted you yesterday and i said i'm afraid i forgot how to podcast yeah we forgot how to podcast (laughs) i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say it's not our fault this was like a really difficult app yeah for like a lot of reasons we're using um an app because as we stated last time in september even though kat swears it was november um, I swear it was. It's definitely September. Um, we all know that Kat has moved, and then she moved again, and then she moved again. And then was there another again? I can't remember. I've lost track. No, we moved from Buckeye to Avondale. Oh, wait, no. Buckeye to Goodyear to Avondale, back to Goodyear. Yes. All in the span of about two months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just, it's been... Uh, Hectic. A lot of packing and unpacking, like it's a disaster. And then you guys had the big mix up in the house. The big shake up came. Yep. Big shake up for Kat. And then I started school and everything is weird right now. Yeah, it's been super, super busy. Um, which is why we were like, we're gonna take a little break. And then that little break turned into like a four-month break. Um, we didn't mean to do that, but also life comes at you real hard sometimes, and it slapped us in the face. Yeah, you just have to uh, decide what your priorities are, and unfortunately, podcasting had to, you know, fall by the wayside for, like, a lot of reasons. Um, Like, my nieces were born, which is awesome, <gasps> but, like, Baby! I quit my job, and that wasn't awesome, and so it's just been, like, a weird very imbalanced start of 2023 and it's not going to get better from what i can tell so you know 2023 said fuck all y'all yeah it's only the beginning of april yeah so we're gonna like do our best to do our our two a month deal you know yeah, we try real hard. <laughs> real hard. We've missed it. We've missed it a lot. Um, we've got books picked out. Yeah. So we at least have that for the next, what, three months we have picked out? I think so. I think on your side, you've picked three. I've picked all the way through to November, I think. Because I've been unpacking stuff and I found some romance novels that I haven't read yet. Ooh. And so I want to see if any of those will work. You know, because they're not, like, brand, brand new, but yeah. they are newer. And so that was something that we had been trying to get back into instead of doing a lot of – we were doing so many historicals for so long. We did a lot of contemporaries, and then we did yeah. a lot of historicals, and now we're just back on our bullshit, and it's fine. And, like, just reading to read yeah. <laughs> has been a thing lately that I think neither of us had been fully able to enjoy for a while. Not necessarily because of of the pod, but like life, because we have so many other things that adding reading to the list was also like a job if we were doing it to do the pod, if that makes sense. I am a full-time student on top of working full-time on top of trying to have a life. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy, but we're going to do it. Um, Kat, do you want to tell everybody why we chose Georgie all along? Um, well, for many reasons, uh, but Georgie All Along was written by an author that had a panel at the Tucson Festival of Books, which was a huge, huge deal. And Jess was like, you know, super lucky and got to host some, some panels and meet some cool people. And then, so I read some of the, the books for Festival of Books just because why not? I mean, why not? They're obviously going to be good books if the authors are willing to come to like this huge festival. And so this was the first one that I read on the list based on what Jess was reading. And it was just super cute in like an unexpected way, really wholesome. 
yeah in a lot of ways and like kind of a nice way to like get back in to like an episode for us because I mean <laughs> some of the stuff we had planned for like our months is gonna be really rough towards yeah. the end of 2022 we had a lot of monster books or okay. like ghost books and we like, had... like weird themes and so this is like a good way for us to get back into this without being too weird <laughs> I think too that we've decided for this year just to getting back in the swing of things that we're not going to do themes we're just going to pick books that look good to us and yeah. read those because it is hectic um cat has focus is just like consistency yeah and like cat yeah. has new babies in the house and it's a lot and we're just gonna read books that we think are good and we're gonna go for it and we're not gonna try to constrain ourselves to a specific topic because if I have to read another motorcycle club romance, I'll probably scream. Because yeah, those I were think terrible. that's fair. I uh, will tell you, um, I went for like a second interview last week and it was like real seat of your pants feeling. But oh um they said <laughs> the woman that was like the additional person that wanted to meet me was like, what's something you could tell me about yourself that's not on your resume? And I had already talked to, like, the previous people who are also in this interview, like, this panel-style interview, about, like, I like to read a lot, I like to go hiking, like, all this stuff, and I talked to them about that. And, you know, they're like, well, that makes sense with your interest and, like, your prior, like, work experience, but, like, what's something that, like, we wouldn't ever guess? And so I told them about the pod. (laughs) And they're like, what? So that was kind of fun. Um, um so yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the festival before we get into Georgie all along. Yeah. Um I want to talk about first the um handful of listeners who tracked me down at the festival. Hello. Um we're back. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is for long. you. <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't meet you as well. <laughs> um it was really exciting and I like Kat said I did get to talk to some really cool authors. Um I we had a packed romance group this year at the Tucson Festival of Books. Um for the first year ever we had a time slot in every single hour block both Saturday and Sunday, which is really exciting. Um Unfortunately, one of those hour blocks got canceled. We were supposed to have the wonderful Miss Beverly Jenkins, and she got sick two days before the festival. Which um, is too bad, because she's was, so good. We were all so excited, and then we were all so bummed. But um, Kate Claiborne was one of the authors that I met. And if you ever want to speak to someone who is so just down to earth and genuinely excited to talk to her readers, Kate Claiborne is the one. Um, and we, um, I had, I went to a party after Saturday's festival day yeah. where we just sat by a fire and had tacos and talked to all of these authors. Um, I talked to Kat Sebastian, whom we've covered in the past. Yeah. I talked to, um, Scarlett St. Clair, who's really big on book talk on TikTok. I talked to Kennedy Ryan, um, I love Kennedy Ryan. Kennedy Ryan was amazing. And then uh, there was also a weird uh, moment after the festival where a portion of my talk with Kennedy went viral. You know, that's where my life's been. <laughs> it's a little crazy. Um, but I bring up the festival because it gave me an opportunity to speak to some authors that I knew we wanted to cover on the podcast potentially. And Kate was one that I really did want to try and push for one of her books. So I'm glad Kat chose Georgie all along as our first one, because this book is truly so wholesome and so cute. And um, I got to gush all about it to the author and it was great. So Kat, do you want to start us off by reading the synopsis? Sure. Okay. Um, Forgive me because I'm reading this from a weird screen because I don't know what your screen looks like right now, but it's like my face, your face, chat. Yes. And like a bunch of other stuff. Technically, it's my face, your face, recording information because I'm... Okay, yeah. So we have like separate like side nav things up. I could click on the chat and it would go to the chat, but I don't have to because I have to do it for me. It's just for me. Here we go. All right. Longtime personal assistant Georgie Mulcahy 
has made a career out of putting others before herself. When an unexpected upheaval sends her away from her hectic job in L.A. and back to her hometown, Georgie must confront an uncomfortable truth. Her own wants and needs have always been a disconcertingly blank page. But then Georgie comes across a forgotten artifact, a friendfic diary she wrote as a teenager filled with possibilities she once imagined. To an overwhelmed Georgie, the diary's simple, small-scale ideas are a lifeline, a guidebook for getting started on a new path. Georgie's plans hit a snag when she comes face-to-face with an unexpected roommate, Levi Fanning, one-time town troublemaker and current town hermit. But this quiet, grouchy man is more than just his reputation, and he offers to help Georgie with her quest. As the two make their way through her wish list, Georgie begins to realize that what she truly wants might not be in the pages of her diary after all, but right by her side. If only they can both find a way to let go of the past that hold them back. Okay. This book. <laughs> fucking adorable, first and foremost. Yes. Um, I got an arc of this because of the festival, so I had a copy a lot earlier. I actually went out and bought the like actual copy. Oh, the real? Oh, okay. That's my copy. Super nice. cute. Um, and, you know, not to brag or anything, but it's definitely signed by Kate. As it should be. As it should be. And also my cat Angus chewed on it. Because he's a jerk. He has one brain cell and he knows nothing but biting everything. Um, yeah. So this one... I have read a Kate Claiborne in the past. Um, I read a book called Luck of the Draw by her. And it was one of those books that felt like it shouldn't work, but she made it work. Like there's an only one bunk beds situation at one point. Um, She worked worked for a pharmaceutical or she worked for a lawyer who helped a pharmaceutical uh, company win a case against the guy's family. Like it was all really difficult subject matter like really difficult and this one has its moments where it can be a little bit difficult because of the family situation and georgie feeling like she is not going to amount to anything ever but at the same time at the heart of it it's just so cute all around the only i think i think the only interaction i've had with kate claiborne was when we read that anthology Oh yeah, the Christmas one. I just I'm I know that only because I just looked at her. So I'm like I know her from somewhere, but I don't know where. And that's what it was. The friend Michael's anthology wasn't her. We, were... we hated everything but Kate's. Yeah, because hers was the last one, and it was like the least worst. Yes, the least. If that worst. makes sense, that sounds so awful. But like, I think that was just a really bad anthology to begin with i think if we had um, started with kate we would have felt a lot different because by the time we got to kate we were just over everything that had happened in that anthology also if you look at the cover art for the one that you were talking about luck of the draw mm-hmm. there's like a really cutesy like cartoon cover yeah and then there's like a weird real person cover the real the real person cover was the original cover yeah, I don't like it. And then the real cutesy one is the new updated one. It's a whole series. I need to read the other two because my dumbass started with book two and not book uh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, it's all about like they win the lottery. She's She decides she's going to write all of her wrongs. It's a great book and I suggest you like go read it because it was really good. Um, It made me cry and I am mm. not a crier. When it comes to reading romances, I'm not always the one who's like, oh my god, this was the cutest ever. But that one made me cry. I was like, you know, doing my 90-year-old lady crafts crocheting and crying (laughs) while I listened to the audiobook. Um, So it was great. Um, So this starts with Georgie Mulcahy moving back to her hometown of Darrentville, Virginia. Yep. And my notes... Small little town... My notes literally say, ew, because <laughs> I am from a small town and I don't generally like small towns. Yeah. I think it's it's hard because you're, like we've talked about before, you're either a small town person or you're not. Like, you could either thrive there or you would immediately leave. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, it's not the same if you've driven through a small town and you like the cutesy, like, shops and stuff. That's not what it is. No. Living in a small town is, like, incredibly weird. It is so weird. Everybody knows everybody. You can't sneeze without someone calling your parents and telling them that you're sick. And it's just that yeah. there's dust in the air because you live in dusty-ass Arizona. So, Which is exactly how, like, the book starts is, like, Georgie's leaving L.A., driving herself all the way to Virginia. Yeah. And, her and she, she stops in for a milkshake um, at, like, the little – I don't know what you call it. like a it's a diner it's, slash grocery store. It's Nichols. It's like the um it's the local like grocery stop where they can get like diner like deli sandwiches made and like milkshakes from what I could gather from it. Yeah, um, we so have one of those because the whole reason like she's been convinced to even go there is because her best friend moved back there and is pregnant and is living her perfect life and had her house built and stuff. So Georgie's like, okay, fine. I'll go back home. I'll stay with you and help with the nursery and, you know, stay with my parents for a while and figure out my next steps. And that's the whole, like, stuff that led her to going back home. It wasn't – she's like, yeah, I'm moving back home. It wasn't that. Well, and then also she was working in Hollywood. She was the assistant to this big name director, Nadia. And Nadia decided that she was going to step away from Hollywood life. She was going to go to New Mexico and live on this ranch with her husband. And um, that's like the catalyst of why Georgie's going back. And then having Belle there um, just kind of helped because now she's got someone who's going to be there as well. And she's not going to be all alone. Um, no. I have a note here that says, why am I Georgie and does this make Cat Bell? <laughs> and then I also Ooh. realized while we were talking that you and your situation could also be Georgie. It just means that your sister is Bell. Okay. I can almost, see that. Almost in an exact literal sense because you moved there while she was still pregnant with the girls. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But like, I'm not moving home where there's like a bad boy to hook up with i don't <gasps> tall handsome and broody <laughs> that's what i have my notes, <laughs> my notes i don't know that i've met any of those while i've lived here but i also haven't gone out much <laughs> so georgia goes to nickels she just wants a strawberry milkshake my note literally says georgie just wants a fucking strawberry milkshake but of course this bitch aka her ninth grade music teacher interrupts her the fucking worst i hate small towns And this ninth grade teacher, apparently when Georgie was in the class, told her she would amount to nothing. And now she's back in her small hometown and has to be like, I've amounted to nothing. That's how she feels. And she doesn't say anything. She talks about having gone to the Oscars because her parents kind of alluded to them winning an Oscar. Like Georgie won an Oscar, but she was just the assistant. Um, and while she's there, she's trying to pay for her milkshake and she left her money in the car and in walks tall, handsome and broody, um, and pays for her milkshakes, even though she has money in her car. And we find out that that is Levi Fanning. He is the older brother to her high school crush, Evan. And he was always known as the bad boy. When Georgie was told she wouldn't amount to anything, everyone knew that Levi wouldn't amount to anything. But surprise, he has. He's pretty badass. Um, he, we find out later, works building docks because mm-hmm. they're living, they live on like a little coastal type um, little town. So Georgie goes to her parents' house and she is really upset because she's kind of hot. She's kind of sticky. She doesn't feel very great because she just got back home. Her parents aren't there. They're on a road trip. So she dresses up in her flowy rich lady robe that was a gift from Nadia. And she's just kind of having a meltdown in her parents' house. She eats, she makes peanut butter and raisin toast, which sounds atrocious because who the fuck eats raisins? And it's all food that's like really like granola. Like hippie. Yeah. yeah. It's like 12 grain bread with the seeds Big and stuff bread in it. And, oh, and the like oil on top peanut butter that's in the fridge. Ew. The that you, have to, like, you have to tip so the oil's on the bottom and when you open it, the peanut butter's on the top. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's my least favorite peanut butter. Oh my god. But the best part is that the toaster is broken so in order to toast the bread she just has to keep holding 
the handle down to get the bread to toast. And I think that's adorable because later on, um, as the relationship between Georgie and Levi develops, Levi actually fixes the toaster so that Georgie doesn't have to put her finger and press it down the whole time. And the whole point is that Georgie's dad is a handyman, but he forgets to take care of his own home because he's so busy taking care of everybody else's home. And so Levi's yeah. like, if your dad won't do it, I'll do it. It's fine. Um, So she's having her one lady pity party in her flowy rich lady robe and the back door opens and she freaks out and in comes Levi Fanning and they both kind of stop and are kind of like, what are you doing here? And when Georgie called her parents to tell them that she was going to come home, they neglected to remind her that they weren't there and that Levi was house sitting. So then they also neglected to tell Levi that their daughter was coming home. So they're kind of caught off guard. Kind of a big deal. It's kind of a huge deal because now you have two people staying in this home that don't really know each other because they weren't in the same circles. Levi left before Georgie really got to know him. She never dated Evan. She he was just a crush the entire time. Well, um, she doesn't know it's him until yeah. she finally gets a really good look at him. She's just like, "Oh my god, that's that awful man from the grocery store." <laughs> <laughs> so with Levi comes the most handsomest of handsome pit bull dogs ever, named Hank. Um, yep. Hank has a love affair with Georgie's parents' giant lawn ornament rooster thing. Yep. Um, he is in love with it. Hank and this rooster's love affair is epic and we stand always and forever. Why not? I mean, why not? So they realize what's going on. Levi can't really leave. He doesn't really have anywhere to go because his house is being renovated and he has yep. no floors and nobody will really take Hank. He can't go to hotels because they won't take Hank. All the hotels are way far out. The only option is the resort that his family runs. And that's a situation that he can't put himself in. Mm-hmm. So then we get into um, what my notes say, all caps, period, between each word. There's only one house. So they're going to share the house. And that's how the relationships relationship starts, is they're sharing this house. Um, they're kind of just staying out of each other's hair. They don't really want to, like get into anybody's business and Georgie ends up going to her friend, uh, her best friend's house, Belle's house. And Belle has this crazy closet. That's just boxes of stuff that she hasn't put away. Her house is like immaculate and adorable. And Georgie's like, I love it. And Belle's like, here's my closet of shame. So Georgie's like, this is my project. I'm going to help you by going through everything. And when they do that, Georgie finds her not erotic friend fiction. Yeah. And if you haven't watched Bob's Burgers, um, I suggest you, you don't do understand what that means. <laughs> because Tina Belcher writes erotic friend fiction. She wants to touch mm-hmm. everybody's butts, um, especially Jimmy Pesto Jr.'s butt. But um, so she finds this notebook that she and Belle used to write in. And it was just the stories of what they wanted to do in high school and what they thought they would do when they grew up and were out of high school. And it's like all the traditional things that they never did. They never went to the specific bar and drank. They never jumped off the specific pier with a wish on their arm. Um, And Belle says that she's going to help her fulfill these wishes. Like, let's do these things. Maybe that'll help get you unstuck kind of feeling. Yeah. And, like, that's another thing about small towns is there's, like, really weird traditions that go along with them. And this would be, like, their idea of how they should complete those traditions. Or, like, what would happen if? And um, some of them are just really weird. Did you ever have any weird traditions? Um, Like, in high school? I don't think so. Because my high school is really, really new. True. Um, But, like, I know that in Benson, there's a specific tunnel that when you drive under it, you have to honk your car like your car horn really loud okay and so like when we lived there when i was really little anytime that we went to that side it was really exciting because you know the car and like everyone did it and it was just like i don't know like a weird thing uh but like that's a really small old town so that would make (laughs) sense i don't know if they still do that because i've been back in a while but um 
yeah, that definitely ranks <laughs> as oh. like a weird thing. I'm going to ask my boss because weirdly in some weird turn of events, my boss is originally from Benson and it's strange, but I'll ask Which her. I need to know who she is still because the lady that runs the coffee place here, uh-huh. her mom is from Benson and is friends with my aunt. I'm going to have to ask again because it's really weird. Yeah. So my high school had a tradition for homecoming and the homecoming tradition is that the juniors so there's a mountain across the street from my high school and i mean mm-hmm. loosely state that's a mountain that's in kind of like a gen- mountain is a mountain exactly and it was called a mountain because there's a giant a on it because my high school is antelope high school antelope union uh-huh. so for homecoming the tradition is that the juniors climb the mountain and they put gas cans like Folgers like gas like not gas but like Folgers cans for like coffee and then yeah you fill them full of rags and then that's the day before homecoming and then for homecoming a group of juniors climb a mountain again and light all of those rags on fire like fill them full of gasoline and light them on fire so that the a mountain is lit up during the halftime show that's weird and so the mountain is, the A is like glowing and it's in the background of the football field. So that's the tradition at my high school. Um, there's an arrival high school whose tradition is to drive out. There's like a little building on the side of the road that you turn down and it's yeah. like decorated where it says like Ram country and it says like antelope on the, on the thing. The uh-huh. other rival school likes to come out and their tradition is to spray paint a C in front of antelope. So that where the cantaloupe rams. I feel like there's more opportunity than they're taking advantage of. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The only other thing I can really think of, and I'm sure like one of my aunts listens to our podcast pretty regularly, so she'll probably be like, you forgot about this. But like <laughs> one of the ones that I remember for sure, like growing up is every 4th of July, um, you go to the lumber yard and then there's like a little park and at the little park is the battle of the firefighter stations like the fire stations and they have like this bucket strung up okay. and they use the fire hoses it's like to, to like to get it to the other side that's kind of cool though when you're little it's really fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> i can remember people like being like oh are you going to watch the parade cuz you need to go watch the fireworks from the lumber yard meet me there or whatever and i'd be like what <laughs> like no not doing that but like we have like thing. we have everyone knows where the lumber yard is everyone knows where that takes place i don't know the fact that your small town had a lumber yard and my small town didn't even have some lumber yeah yeah our small town had a circle k they have a very small museum too now um my small town had a museum don't know why um if you go to the museum you can see the very small metal blue elephant slide that was in my kindergarten playground <gasps> one time Pat took me out to Benson and showed me the cemeteries and they were one was really nice and one was really scary because it was definitely haunted yeah well it's very it's like super super fucking old first of like all. the 1800s like, people are buried there like the newest the newest site there was like the, they were buried in like 1972 or something like that yeah it's it's and wild it's an interesting place for sure it is so anyway levi staying with georgie at georgie's parents house um and he loves georgie hank loves georgie but i feel like at first levi's like oh he's nice he's nice to wear and georgie's immediately like cooing in his face and being like oh you're so pretty like (laughs) he goes through her bag and levi is like that's embarrassing that's hank get out of her bag and i'm like let him he's so cute um hank is basically the device that kate uses to keep you from being too sad the entire time about georgie's situation and the fact that levi doesn't have a relationship with his family um he hasn't seen them since he was in high school his dad basically kicked him out. He wants nothing to do with his father. His dad told um, told him that he could have no contact with his siblings. He has a little brother and a little sister, Evan and Olivia. And it's just kind of shitty. It kind of sucks. So Levi's not having the best time. He's very alone, but he's successful. He has taken over the dock building. I don't 
I don't know what you would call it other than that, the dock building business <laughs> um, from a guy who took a chance on him and he's making it, making it a success and everything is coming up Levi at this point. Um, but he feels very alone and Georgie feels like a failure because, you know, she was told all her life that she would amount to nothing. She never went to college. She just kind of hopped around from job to job, but they're going to make it work. And it's just kind of them learning who each other are um, through living with Georgie, like living together at Georgie's parents' house. Um, at one point, his house is completed, so he goes back, but he's pretty reluctant to do so because he doesn't want to leave Georgie behind. He's gotten used to her in the couple weeks that they've been together. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a scene where because levi can't take hank with him to work and his house is unsafe for hank he puts hank in a like daycare situation and they call him and he has to go pick hank up because there was a dog fight and you're led to believe because hank is a pit bull that hank might have caused the dog fight plot twist it was a yorkie and the yorkie nearly bit hank's ear off yorkies are mean and that made me sad as hell because poor sweet precious hank but this book is not about Hank. This book is about Georgie and Levi. Um, through the course of them staying together and getting to know each other, they do start to fall for each other. Um, Levi starts to help her with the list. Um, Belle can't help. Georgie actually goes to that specific dock to jump off of it. The whole thing is that you write your wish for what your life is going to be on your arm in a Sharpie, and then you jump off this dock. Well, they go and Georgie gets the balls finally to jump off the dock, even though the dock is really rickety and the water's kind of really gross. And surprise, Levi's there. And he's like, don't do it. What were you thinking? That dock is like condemned. Um, she's like, I didn't know. I haven't been here in years. Jesus, leave me alone. So when he realizes what she's doing, he's like, I'll help you with a list. So they become even closer because Levi is helping with this crazy list. And one of the things on the list is to watch this watch a scary movie and drink a beer or something like that mm-hmm. and we learn that georgie is a chicken shit same i don't like scary movies either and they spend more time just like huddled into each other trying not to watch the movie and they end up making out on the couch and georgie's parents come home and catch them and georgie's mom is like so levi she's like we're not gonna talk about it we're not talking about it um eventually everyone just kind of gets with it they know that they're going to be dating and it's perfect and beautiful and wonderful until one day georgie stays the night over at levi's house they've had the sex and he finds the notebook and it's got evan's name written all over it And he kind of feels like he's just a placeholder until she can get to Evan. Mm -hmm. And um, while this is happening, Georgie actually begins to work in the restaurant at the resort her parents own. And she's working with Evan and Olivia. And she doesn't really have any, she's not asking questions. She's not going to bring it up to Levi. It's not her business. Um, But through the course of everything, they figure out what's going on um, that, Georgie had a crush on Evan. I'm sorry. Oliver is trying really hard to touch my microphone. Of course he is. You can't touch it, bud. But um, through the course of all of this, they kind of figure out that it was just a crush on Evan. It's not a real thing anymore. She loves Levi. She wants to be with Levi. Um, But they need to work on Levi's family and the relationship because Georgie can tell that Evan and Olivia really miss Levi and she can tell that Levi really misses them. So they figure long story short, they figure that relationship out and it finally gets to the point where he's like, you know what? I don't care about my dad. I don't care what he thinks. And Evan is like, I don't care what he thinks either. And Olivia's like, I've never really cared what he thought. Our dad's a piece of shit. Um, So they rekindle their relationship. And at the end of the book, Georgie, moves in with levi they get their own giant rooster for hank in the yard and everybody lives happily ever after the end long convoluted way to say this book was fucking adorable wow i think you covered everything jessica <laughs> i think i did i'm pretty sure i did at this point mm-hmm. i bell has a baby at some point 
Belle hates living in Darrentville, which like same. She wants to go back to DC. Yeah. Um, well, not only that, but she had given up her like dream job because she was like, no, I'm going to be like dream mom. And like, you know, she wanted to be the mom that she had. Yeah. Cause that's like what her mom was like, but it wasn't her life. She didn't like that. Are you dropping Sorry. things? No, I knocked the microphone over. Oh. My bad. <laughs> We're all good now. Oliver's going to try to cuddle me. Of course. What's up? Why dude? wouldn't he? So, how we know that I loved this book, mm-hmm. and we'll get into why I loved this book in a little bit. But what was about? What was it about this book that you loved? Like, were you hesitant going in when I said that I was going to be doing this panel with Kate? Or were you pretty gung-ho about it? Um, I don't think I would say I was hesitant. Um, usually when you let me know which books you're going to be discussing, I kind of research a little bit and see what sounds interesting to me. Because sometimes there's stuff that's just, like, not going to be something that I want to read. Yeah. Um, just, like, as with any book recommendation, you know, that's what happens. And, um... So looking over, this was one of the first ones that I had really looked at. And I was like, oh, that sounds cute. And I think we kind of haven't done um, like a ton of like grouch to Grumpy like sunshine. Yeah, we haven't done a lot of that as much. We've done a lot of like, I don't know, like, like sharing one bed or like enemies to lovers. We've yeah. done a lot of that stuff. And so this was like a slightly different trope, even though it had some some of the same elements, right? Yeah. And so that I was like, okay, that's fine. And then anytime there's a dog involved, I'm usually pretty down. If it's well written, if it's not, if it's stupid, like that one book that we read where they adopted the dog at the end, that was dumb. Ugh. I wanted to be so excited. I still hate that book. I still hate <laughs> that book. To this day, anytime someone asks me, I'm like, I don't want to talk about that book. I hate it so much. It, oh, oh, it sucked. But what did you like about Georgie all along? I think part of me really enjoyed that both of these people were, you know, these characters were very, very lost in very different ways. But in ways that were so similar that they needed absolutely to grow on their own. Right. Um, also, just like I think the parallel of me not having a job for the last three months and then Georgie suddenly not having a job. Mine wasn't sudden by any means. I like had made that decision and turned in my resignation and then still worked for a month. Yeah. Before I fully left my my teacher job, you know. And so it wasn't like I was like, oh, my God, this is such a big surprise. (laughs) Not like Georgie, but like the idea of like feeling like you don't know what you're doing now, because that's been the past couple of months for me. Like I've always been, you know, telling everyone I'm going to be a teacher and then I was a teacher and then, you know, all the things. Kat's always one to have a plan. Figure that out. Yeah. Kat's always the one who has the plan. Like Kat is who I go, Okay, my life is kind of fucked at the moment but Kat's <laughs> got hers together and she'll help me whatever and like for once it wasn't like that for a little while like my it was plan kind was of scary. a very loosey-goosey plan my plan was quit my job be here for when the twins are born which somehow miraculously worked out and then um like look for a job that is not teaching so like I've been dead set that I do not want to be in a classroom for a while at this point (laughs) and that's you know that's hard because like when you've been only a teacher for so long like Georgie was only Nadia's assistant for so like she did a ton of other stuff but for Nadia and so like when you're cut loose it's like you're floundering a little bit and so like that feeling was something I could definitely relate to even though hers was not her choice mine was my choice right so there's that but I mean, that was definitely a big similarity. I don't have a lot of experience with super grumpy people. <laughs> Outside um, of our retail jobs from the past. At least, like, not romantically. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm going to turn him around kind of a person. You're, um, you're not the type of person who says, who says like, you're going to fix him. I can fix and him. And I mean, I feel like I used to be. I feel like I used to be like, of 
course that person still has good qualities or like you know whatever that is and I feel like that was probably in college right yeah and so now it's more like why would I spend my time with someone who's so grumpy all the time like if Levi had been someone I was interested in and then he was super rude to me I'd be like okay bye (laughs) like I feel right you can stay at a hotel (laughs) like I feel like um for me it was that I related to Georgie in the way that you feel like you amount to nothing um I work in self-storage like I have a weird ass job it's going nowhere it's doing nothing for me um that's why I started attending school again that's why I went back to school um am I getting a degree that's going to be entirely useful probably not do I care no I will tell you right now it's not it's not but (laughs) I think it's at that point where I am at the point in my life where I'm almost 40 and I need to do something that makes me happy and brings me joy and if that is finally getting the degree that I always wanted then I'm gonna do it. it it's what it is but there's that that feeling you know that Georgie has where she's like I've amounted to nothing I've done exactly what everyone said I would do which is nothing and that's kind of how I feel like I was never told she'll never amount to anything. I was always told she's going to do great things. And yet here I am working in self-storage doing not great things. I think it's a weird idea that a lot of, as like humans, especially Americans, our self-worth is hugely tied to how much we contribute in the workplace. Like I can remember for a very long time being a teacher, everyone would talk about like oh you're a teacher that's so awesome you do so much blah blah and I'd be like okay no I'm just a teacher like don't give me this like superhero complex thing like I don't like that and um so like that like measure of yourself for through your job is really weird yeah. because I mean someone has to do every job yeah but because other people are so judgmental like you don't feel like you're doing enough of a job which is yeah. silly like when I've been told like a thousand times, you're too smart for this. Yeah, I am. I know I am. But I'm kind of stuck in this weird place where I have, you know, free rent, free utilities, and it's all paid for. So I'm going to take those, you know, benefits to this weird, weird job I work. And I'm going to apply my free time to getting my degree so that I can get out of here. Um, But then I also have those moments where like my mom, hi, mom because she'll listen to this eventually um my mom is always like super proud of the crazy things that I get to do because of this podcast um so like the festival stuff getting to do all of that really cool stuff in the pot you know with the podcast stuff and meeting these authors and getting to like sit down with them and talk to them and discuss you know oh my god you know we talked about your book this book on the podcast and I want to talk about this book now that it's out and you know getting to do that kind of stuff is really cool but um it's weird that it's one of those things where to me I feel like I've done nothing but like my mom still has those moments of where she's just like I'm so proud of everything you've done and I'm like really (laughs) because I feel like I don't feel very proud of some of what I've done but then Georgie has that moment where she can feel proud of what she's done do you think it's weird that we've now read two books with um, lead characters named Georgie and they both are kind of fuck ups? Like that one was the, where she was a clown. Where she was a clown fixer up. Yeah. 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 Like what I, is it the name or like? Is it, or is it just a quirky name that they've come up with for a girl? For girls that are maybe a little strange or a little, they're a little uh, new a girl little, in. A little out there. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of fixer up until you said that. So yeah, thanks. Um, But I, I enjoyed the book as a whole. I loved everything about it. It actually, it is only the beginning of April, but Georgie all along is easily one of my favorite books I've read all year long so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've only read, I think like 22, 23 books this year so far. I'm busy. I can't read 115 like I did last year. Not if you're going to be going to school full time. No, I don't. That's quite the challenge. I can't balance that. It's too much. But it is um, one of my favorite books of the year so far. So with that being said, should we do our ratings? Um, yeah. Okay. On a scale of one to five stars, 
How many did you give Georgie all along? I'm going 4.5. Okay. I felt like I really enjoyed the characters. I really enjoyed Hank. Um, Storyline was pretty darn good. It wasn't one that felt like, oh my god, I've read this before. <laughs> like, we've had a few of those yeah. where you read it and you're like, this is the same story as the other book. Like, <laughs> that's really frustrating. And this wasn't quite like that. Um, the the minus a half, I think, just comes from... Um, I get very frustrated when there are a lot of communication issues between characters. And that was, like, stacked and stacked and stacked throughout the first, like, maybe two-thirds of this book. Yeah. Where, like, a lot of this could be solved if they would just say what they mean. Instead of being like, well, you're being a jerk and you're being too sensitive or dramatic or whatever he called her. But, like, they could just say the thing and it would be fine and they would get over it. And a lot of it did have to do with Levi being so broody and, like, not wanting to to tell all of his secrets. And, like, that's totally fine. But if you want someone to live with you and sleep with you every night, you're going to have to, you know, figure that out. What is the TikTok line I sent you earlier today? Because I feel like this applies. Oh, hold on. I have it. I'm going to find it. It's way up here. So and I said true. <laughs> so the fun fact is, guys, that while we haven't spoken to you in months and months and months, Kat and I talk every day. Um, yep, it's pretty rare we don't talk at all. Here it is. Men will literally stick their whole face in your ass, but still be too scared to open up about their feelings. Um, hello, random person from TikTok. I wish I remembered your handle so that I could give you credit because that was hilarious and accurate but it's so true and i feel like levi levi is kind of like that like 100 percent. he's so afraid to talk about his feelings but georgie naked that's all he cares about and yeah moment. he wants all the things that go with this but he doesn't want to put in like i don't want to say put in the work that's wrong he doesn't want to make himself vulnerable which i think is is a very valid thing if you're someone who has a lot of damage or a lot of baggage mm-hmm it's really, really, really hard to be vulnerable and speak in a way that conveys exactly what you mean because you've been so hurt. And because his hurt, it comes directly from his family. Yeah. And he's kind of like, it's, it says he's a hermit in the description, but in reality, it's that they've kind of made him this like outcast because everyone in town knows he's terrible. And so he like embraced that reputation. And I feel Like, that's, well, not only, like, unfair to Levi because he was a kid, essentially, but, like, when someone heaps this reputation and tells you you're worthless and tells you, like, all this extra stuff on top of, like, they don't love you, like, you don't want to take the step to maybe be told someone doesn't love you again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really hard because, like, Levi didn't ask for the life that he lives. Like, that's not what he ever wanted. It was, like, and I feel like some people, if you've read this and you're listening to us, and you're like, well, he kind of did because he did all this bad stuff. But, like, the bad stuff that he does is because he's like, fine, you think I'm bad? I'm going to be the baddest I can be. And so that's how he starts doing, like, the his construction job out of town, and he starts drinking a lot and doing drugs and, like, all this other stuff that gets piled on. And it's because he's been told he's bad, and so he's going to act like he's bad. And I, like, as a teacher, saw kids like that all the time. I was like, yeah. no one has ever told you that you could do a good thing. And so you just expect everyone to assume that you're bad. So you're going to be bad. So you meet their expectations. And it's like awful. Yeah. Don't it's, tell kids they're bad. Really- That's the moral of that. <laughs> no. Tell them that their choice in the moment is not great and we can fix it and it will be fine. But for me, um, it is a five-star read um, for me. It is one of okay. my favorites. I loved everything about it. Um it was one of those books that took me forever to get through. And it wasn't because I felt like it was a slog because it uh-huh. wasn't. I just didn't want it to end. I wanted yeah. it to keep going. I just wanted more time and I just needed more of Georgie and Levi. So it was a five-star read for me. I could relate really heavily with the characters and yeah. I think it helped a lot. Um, I know Kat, you had an issue with the Henry Harry situation. Oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> we had to go. It, it doesn't say he's British. It does not say that that man is British. No. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm doing this hand gesture. 
because I'm mad. So it made cat crazy. I actually had to Google it, and it's like a weird part of the way through the book. Belle's husband, whose name is Harry. We are introduced. This is Harry, my husband. You met him, blah, blah, blah. Yes. We're having a baby. Partway through the book, there's a paragraph that says something about Henry. And I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck is Henry? <laughs> who is this? Um, And it drove me nuts. Because I was like, this is a very big typo if it's a typo. <laughs> apparently, Harry and Henry are interchangeable. But um, they're not. In the British not, world, not it is. in current American lit. No. Um, if they had mentioned it beforehand, fine. like, oh, he's British, blah, blah, this is so sometimes they call him this. But, like, there was no reason for it to switch. None. <laughs> it no reason at all. At all, because I didn't catch it until Kat said something. And then I was like, wait, what? Your brain no. was glossing over it. And you're like, oh, no. Because it's all good. I'm like, I, I was just having too much fun with the book, so I didn't realize it, but... It's just um, really... It was it threw me, and I was so mad, because it's not like... Okay, we know that things like Richard can be Dick. Yes. We know that, like, Robert can be Bob. Yeah. We understand that there are nicknames that don't sound anything like the names. That's fine. But Henry and Harry are so similar that when you suddenly throw it at me with no reason, because he's supposed to be Asian. <laughs> yeah. And how often is there an Asian British person in American literature? Never. 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 So, like, I don't know. That was what <laughs> drove me nuts. And I was like, but why? Cat had issues, but it's fine. Uh, I was able to get over it, so it was all right. But. Just annoying. We're nearing the end of our conversation, so we should discuss our next book. Um, yeah, and it's your pick. It's my pick. I decided to go with a book called Kiss Me Catalina by Priscilla Oliveris. And I chose this because Priscilla was also one of our presenting authors at the festival. Um, yeah. She wasn't on any of my panels, unfortunately, but I did get to talk with her and hang out with her some. And she was the sweetest human being on the planet. And I loved her. So we're going to read Kiss Me Catalina. Um, it is about an all-female mariachi band. Woo. and i'm so excited gonna so, be good um join us next time hopefully it's a lot sooner than four months <laughs> between recordings it better so, be it better be because i missed this and i if it feels disjointed and weird it's because i forgot how to podcast it's fine Everything also because fine. we're using a new recording thing yeah we, we are in separate locations we're separate locations so we're recording on this weird app that lets us see each other it's basically and, facetime but audio recording also. yeah i could record the video but we're not ever going to do that because that's weird ever unless you're a radio dj that's weird i'm not and i'm not posting this to youtube i don't have time for that i don't have time for that no. so with that being said join us next time as we discuss kiss me catalina and uh, remember that bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye.